Epic Turn is a podcast about the hobby gaming industry, what we love and hate about it, how it's evolving and changing, and other things that as gamers we're passionate about. Your hosts are Brian McLemore, that's me, and Tim Aldridge. Welcome as we take our next Epic Turn. Well, I'm somewhat recovered after going to PAX this week, this past week. I don't know, you look like you got a pox. I might have got the pack pox. Yes. Or the pox packs, or you know, I'll, I'll come up with another rhyme here. It's like the pax pox ox. Uh, uh, I don't know. You should have had a PvP defense. I should have had a PvP defense. Uh, anyway, there's like I don't know. There's a good bit of gamers out there that might get the reference. I don't. Know. I hope so. Yeah. If not, you can you can check it out from Cryptozoic, or you can buy it on iOS from Playdeck Games. No, but seriously, yeah. I, know, I had a lot of fun at packs. Good, uh, good. I still hate you. Yes, yes. Well, I know you hate me. Uh, I actually got to try out some new games, which was pretty cool. Uh, I finally got to try out Sentinels of the Multiverse, like actually sit down and play a full game. How was it? Of, uh, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I actually had a table full of really cool guys. Uh, we had a bunch. You know, we talked, chatted, asked about us. Nice. Yeah, it's always a good feeling when someone goes, you know, so what's that podcast called? And then uh, I got to talk to the uh, lead game designer for Greater Than Games. Nice. And uh, he might appear on the show. Uh, we're going to send out some contacts and all that jazz, you know. Well, that would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a neat game. And from what you described of it, you know, I'm interested in trying it out. So so am I. And well, you, so you already have I, tried it out. <laughs> sorry. I meant, I meant I'm, I'm excited about getting picking it up because it's actually on our cool stuff order this week. Right, right. Yeah. So Along I'm excited. With, actually, I think the entirety of Cutthroat Caverns. Caverns. Yes. Which Cutthroat. I'm excited to talk about on the show at some point in the future. I yeah. Uh, we have Cutthroat Caverns. We have Pathfinder uh, card game, and we have Sentinels of the Multiverse. So we have a lot of games coming. Plus, we still have all the ones from Pack. I mean, not Packs. Uh, Gen Con to finish playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very disappointed you weren't able to get me a bigger blacker box. <sighs> unfortunately i was unable to they were always sold out but they made the announcement today that they'll be coming out soon yeah no and they kind of hinted at that at the uh when they announced it at pax that it wasn't just going to be a pax thing so well, that's good yeah and i'm I, I wasn't too worried about it if you didn't get it otherwise i'd yelled at you harder to get there earlier mm-hmm. um i would have probably ignored it most likely uh, i also feel like i should make a public service announcement this is the first time recording that i am well caffeinated um this so, is going to be scary, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, so if I talk even faster than usual, I apologize. <laughs> well, the good. Uh, so the one thing that from PAX, you know, I we got to we got to see a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that while we were at PAX, our good buddy Aloy from Third Eye Games, launched he did something the, really cool. And he we, launched the Kickstarter mm-hmm. for the new Part Time Gods. Yeah. I guess we should start keeping track of show notes, shouldn't we? We probably should. So where can people find these things that we talk about? They can find at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash whatever episode number this is. You pretty much just, they're all in chronological order, you know. Yeah. What episode is this? This is episode 11, right? This is episode 11, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're officially a tween. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Does that anyway. mean we have to enjoy? Never mind. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So he launched his Divine Instruments and actually, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there because uh, Aloy and I have already started talking is there will be a epic turn relic nice yes we don't know what's gonna we don't know what's gonna be yet uh, the current idea is something time-based something mm. time-based nice yes i, I so, wish we had a cool logo we could work into the art yeah oh, wow. uh, one day yeah one day we'll actually have a real logo instead of words on a gray background we'll be a real boy <laughs> <laughs> sure sure tim yes. we'll go with that 
So uh, that's actually the only follow-up I have. Again, since it was PAX, it was a lot more video game related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go on and on about the video games I tried, what I got to see, the panels at PAX. However, if you really want to... If you really want to check out something that is completely epic and awesome, when you get a chance, look for the Acquisitions Incorporated uh, archive on Twitch. Hmm. The uh, the the panel was amazing. Basically, they get the creators of Penary Arcade, Patrick Rothfuss, and the creator of PvP, and they play D anD D on on stage for about two hours. It was pretty epic. Very so nice. we'll probably put that we'll put that in the show notes as well. So. Well, that's like I said. That's all I have for follow up. You have a you have anything, Brian? Um, yeah, I was going to talk about Aloy, but you already got that covered. Um, you know, he's doing great on the Kickstarter. He's already three quarters of the way to his goal, and this is day two, I think. Yes, day three, something like that. Uh, I believe it's no, it is day three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for those who aren't completely aware, we record a little. We don't record the day we publish. We this is actually Thursday night before, so uh, you know. That's why it might not line up exactly. But, you know, it seems to be going really well for him. Yeah, he's actually 86% funded right now. Uh, I, I know I backed it. You backed it. Um, ET has backed it. Yeah, yeah. As a group, we've backed it twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. It has some really neat source material. I'm hoping he hits a lot of those stretch goals. And oh, I would encourage anyone with a scratch to, you know, come together as a group to get him to come out and, and, and running game with you, he's a great guy to hang out with. So yeah, I think you'd have a blast with that. Great storyteller. Yeah. Awesome storyteller. Mm-hmm. And Plus, if nothing else, you'll just laugh at him, even if he's not telling stories. Aloy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're listening, I apologize for Brian. He, he's a humorous fellow. I'm complimenting him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, anyway, so moving right along, keeping the train rolling. Uh, yeah, yeah so- keeping the train rolling. Keep and keep it rolling. Uh, yeah. You know, we're supposed to be singing a song here or something, but I just I don't know. I think I, the, I think the train's going to derail at this rate. Um, I like your campaign. Oh, oh no, no, sorry. We haven't even started the campaign yet, so that you haven't had a chance to railroad anything. Not that you'll be able to, because I'm sandboxing this. Uh huh. That's what those are the famous last words of every great GM. Oh, thank you for calling me a great GM. I was not referring to you. Anyway, so uh, our main topic, actually, speaking of RPGs, yes. is this is going to be part one of uh, a in part series and part series. Well, it's going to be over multiple <laughs> RPG topics, but this one's going to be about um, uh, building a fantasy world. Well, not really building, but well, it's uh, part of that level though. of magic inside your fantasy world. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is going to branch out a little bit to magic systems in general, perhaps. And, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of ancillary topics and I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, this is our first time really doing a, any kind of a deep dive. God, I feel like I sound so so never mind. Um, any kind of you know deep introspective. That's not that makes me feel a little bit better about hey RPGs. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, that was pretty deep, man. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I try not to be too meta. Do you understand the meta? I always understand the meta. It's like buying a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, yeah, that's uh, our whole plan. with this is is to kind of shed some light on uh, our own experiences, uh, either GMing or playing, mm-hmm. or honestly, even what we read. You know, I, Brian, you're a big sci-fi reader, fan, sci-fi fantasy. I'm a huge sci-fi fantasy reader. Yeah, and I fall more on the fantasy side of the fence, but yeah, yeah. And so we we have all this experience, you know, reading that material, and it's just, or at you least know, I buy books and put them on shelves. I'm not sure I actually know how to read. I don't know, but uh, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, what we've liked about uh, in in particular this episode, what's considered low magic 
and the pros, the cons. You're going to hear me rant. Brian, try to convince me it's not, you know, low magic's bad. And <laughs> well, yeah. I, okay. So <laughs> I, I really want to start off the conversation uh, by asking oh. us to define what is low magic. Okay. For, so to me, low magic, which I know you're going to draw up something on, you're either going to draw up a Google article, I mean, something on Google, or you're going to draw up a Wikipedia article. I'm going to say how I view low magic. That's what I ask you. How do you define low magic? I define low magic to where magic is a rare commodity in a world. There are such things as wizards or sorcerers. There is some. There there are people who understand and can use magic, but in mm-hmm. very low quantity of it. So that you know, it's not like you know everybody in their everybody in their mother knows how to snap their fingers. Suddenly, all the candles are lit in the room. Okay. And this also goes towards you know. Uh, magical creatures and uh, magical items like you're not what not everybody's running around i'm going to use um you know d20 well not just d20 but uh, a lot of dd is you know a lot of like plus one or a plus five verbal blade you're not gonna see a ton of people running around with that okay well there's a huge difference between a plus one or a plus five verbal for you know just point that out you know <laughs> well, you're, yes, but- you're, you're talking about a couple of thousand gold and a couple of hundred thousand <laughs> gold on the other end so that's well, like saying not everyone runs around with a mcmansion you know um but you don't run around with a mcmansion in your pocket um peace sign oh, man we gotta we gotta work we gotta work on your your gold flow yeah but anyway, anyway but, um right. so you know the so I, I can see where you're going with that. So it sounds like you're saying that to you, a low magic world is a world where you have magic, but it's rare. You, 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 and you even have like the high level magic, but it's hard to find. More or less. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, there's an alternate version of low magic worlds that I could see where magic could be moderately to even abundant as far as commonality, but there is no high magic. Like everyone may know cantrips, but there doesn't exist anything past a first or second level spell. Okay. I mean, and that, that could be a different take on low magic. I can see that. I mean, it. Yeah, nobody, I, nobody can throw a fireball, but yeah, you can light a candle. Well, I mean, is it? Well, yeah. <laughs> so we can read. I, I, I can see that as a point. I actually can. Yeah. I just, um, I don't know. I always view it as making magic a, like I said, a scarce commodity. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, I like having the, I like having the the ability for, you know, fighters to have more. You know, if you just do nothing but throw, you know, your fighters against casters, I feel you know they will either be, depending on how you know the level of your campaign, which that's a whole other topic entirely, is power level. Mm-hmm. Well, and this very much goes into that topic, I think. It does. That's yeah. why we're calling it part one of N. Um, <laughs> yes. At some point, we will cut ourselves off at hopefully what is a good transition point, and we will say until next time, but not yet. Yes. Uh-huh. But yeah, so there's the – I don't want the, the people who enjoy playing martial characters. Uh, I feel that they can they can essentially be not as important in the fight compared to – a divine or a arcane caster or magical caster. Uh, and I also think you run into the problem of if everything's just magic, 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 then the bad guy should have just showed up, finger of death, you're done, dead, not coming back. Well, I, you know, I, it sounds like you've had some very unfortunate experiences. <laughs> no. Um 
Yeah, yeah. Because no. I mean, the guy that the the guy that's playing a pure melee ca- melee class in a, a high magic world, right? He should have enough gear to protect himself against a uh, an equivalent level spellcaster. Yeah, unless it's low magic, and then you don't really want him to because you also want that sense of danger whenever he has to face off against a caster. Yeah, but there's going to be a sense of danger. I mean, you know, just because you can stand your own against him and you're on an equal playing field doesn't mean you're going to win. See, this this is where we're going to have to discuss power level because I, I feel in higher level games, the save DC on spells is meaningless. Once you get to, you know, very high level, I ran a couple high level campaigns and it just seems like, at, at a certain point, ca- casters are just shrugging it off, and because you know you've accumulated all this awesome treasure and all these resistances, and it just makes it you know pointless. So again, that's why I also use the in terms of magical items as well being the other part of my you know my feel for low magic. Well, I mean, magic items are directly related into the magic level of the world. You know, I mean the I think the rule book is probably slanted for. Your average low magic or not uh, your average magic, you know, world where not everybody has magic, but it's common enough that you can find it if you are willing to spend money on it. Right. Uh, in a low magic world, you know, that Vorpal plus five sword would be worth millions of gold. Uh, and, you know, you have to be kind of careful about that because, you know, those type of items are even more out of proportion in that. Yeah, makes sense. Is this where we tell people we, we should not be saying I agree so much? I don't know. I'm drinking coffee every time you say I agree. So it works out for, well, I don't know if it works out for anybody, but. But no, I mean, so if we were to break it, if uh, if, if we're going to break it down a little bit more. Well, I think, I think we have to. Yeah. I'm going to go into what I feel is the pros of running a low magic system. Okay. Because I, I think that will provide a, a better analysis and get, you know, the discussion really going. Is the one of the biggest pros for me um, in a low magic world is I like the cast. I like everybody who picks a class. I like to tailor the story and make each class feel something uh, monumental or special in the world they are in. Mm-hmm. And if you have what, you know, I consider normal fantasy to high fantasy or low, you know, not high fantasy, uh, mid magic to high magic. Um, I feel that the caster can sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, there's there's eight wizards over there. There's, you know, there's eight wizards in this town. There's 35 in that town. Oh, and when you go to the capital, there's a whole college and there's millions. Well, not millions, but you get what I mean. Yeah, thousands hundreds. Of certain, yeah, hundreds, yeah. if not thousands. Yeah. Right. Well, and I've, <laughs> okay, I get, what you, I get where you're coming from that. You're, you're saying that the – there's an ability for the casters to run away with the story and run away with the focus. Well, no, not, not essentially the focus. I think you, it allows for them to have a very special moment because they are this, this super, not superstitious, which that does happen, or at least that's how I always tend to run low magic games that if magic is so rare, you can do a lot more with, you can, there's a lot more role play with it than a high magic worker. Because I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that before. The wizard that came through three weeks ago did that. Is it allows? I think it allows the caster to be uh, a little bit more special. And that, I'm talking when I'm talking caster, I'm talking the whole wide range. We're talking druids, we're talking clerics, we're talking you know earthbenders, we're talking you know mystics, all that jazz. Um, okay, so you're saying that the that the casters have the can, will fade into the background. I feel in a high magic game, they it, everything I've ran and played in that is very high magic, I, I do feel that they get lost 
in the background because it, magic is just a very common thing. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I see that really. Because even if magic is common, I mean, they're no more. They're not going to be any more common than a, a cleric, or they're not going to be any more common than a. Well, I guess cleric is a caster, but any more common than a than a, you know a fighter or a rogue. I mean, those guys are going to be multitudes multitudes more common than any type of caster. Yes, but the what I do usually in that case with like the fighters in that is if you do come across someone that is a magic user, they get to be someone that's like I have actually taking I have actually taken on this 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 being this being of raw power and I can slay him with my bare hands. And then in for the world, it's you get down to the role play session of what what does that do to them? Does that make someone who is potentially a high level caster start hunting the group? Uh, does it earn them this, you know, a um, this fame of being the famous magic killers or mage hunters? I think I don't know. Low magic, I think, just provides more role play elements than the uh, mid or high magic. It, again, this is all you know personal experience from running and playing so many games. Well, it's all subjective. I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're talking about our preferences and what we think and what we like about it. I mean. We're not telling anybody else how they should play theirs or anything like that. We're just telling each other how how, how each other should play. Um, Ryan, you should play low magic. Quit arguing with me. I ha- I've played several low magic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Most notably under you. Um, I know. It's so awesome. But but here's the, here's the flip side. Like I'm not a completely I, – I, I am not a person that's you know low magic only. That's the only thing I'll run because one of my favorite settings and one of my favorite uh, – systems is still the role place i mean the storytelling system for white wolf and two of my favorite settings out of white wolf is mage and changeling mm-hmm. which are very very heavily saturated in magic yeah which so, you know and those are kind of interesting to talk about I, I never played changeling but i have played mage and it's still one of my one of my uh most favorite that doesn't sound right one of my you know one of my favorite systems and experiences playing and, you know, part of that was the GM who um, let us get away with some crazy stuff, but also just it had a lot of inherent checks and balances in it, but it took a strong GM to pull it off. Right. Um, you know, you had the the fates and the the spirits of change. You know, I'm talking this is the not the current edition, but the previous edition of uh, of it. But I really liked how they had the whole paradigms and, you know, it's really you exerting your force of will, but it, you know, and I don't know. Actually, I this I not dislike, but I like the current mage less because they got rid of so much of the things I thought was really cool story wise about the original mage. Mm. You know, no, no, no. I I, I can see your points. I still I still <laughs> I gotta drink the, some more coffee now. <laughs> I still I still prefer the new edition, but that's that's a topic for another time. The topic is low magic, not you know the brokenness of mage. It's not broken. <laughs> it's balanced under the right conditions. Yes, under the right. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Well, you know, and the whole thing about it is that with mage, if everybody is equivalent power base, it's not overpowered. Right. But when you start mixing it, like, you know, mixing everything in World Darkness. But again, we're, we're getting off. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> we're, we're talking about RPGs <laughs> and magic. Down, we are going down the high level <laughs> magic <laughs> where... If you're running a mage game, that is the highest level of magic I've seen. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, it's uh, one of the higher. It's one of the higher. But yeah, the other the other reason I really love go back to the original topic is the the other big reason I'm a I'm a fan of low magic is I, I it gives it it gives the game a grittier feel feel for me, mm-hmm. and I tend to like the grittier games. I like the I like the dark uh, 
gritty settings. You know, I loved. I mean, come on, I, I'm a big fan of Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> you? Uh, yeah, no. all, the, all you got to do is put Cthulhu on something or Lovecraft, and you bought it. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did buy Cthulhu Tech just because it had the name. Yes, and it was Cthulhu meets Evangelion. But yeah, never mind. Um, but no, I like that. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, the, that type of atmosphere is really cool. But I don't think having low magic necessitates that. You can have a high magic world that's very gruesome and gritty. I mean, look at Dark Sun. Okay, touche. Um, I don't know. I, 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 for me, it's just I think you for for low magic. I think you can accomplish it. I don't want to say you accomplish it better, but what it really I, sounds like to me, and you know, feel free to disagree with me for once. But um, <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay, you know, it sounds like you feel that the low magic settings can lead to a little bit more heroic uh, and you know legendary status for the players because the bar is lower on the worldwide scale. Man, you better take that drink of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, like, okay, so... I don't know if I need any more caffeine. (laughs) The other reason is, is, you know, I've played games like Exalted, which Exalted literally states you are essentially a god (laughs) running around. You can can punch rivers in half. You can punch a river and... Okay, that's like a second or third level Exalted. You know what I mean, though. No, yeah, and I do. Exalted's a lot of fun, though, but for the record, but... um, you know, it, there is some of that, but at the end of the day, I think it all comes down to, you know, there's a certain degree of escapism and something people look for yeah. in these games. Um, I'm not saying I have to have it every time, but sometimes, you know, it's nice to play the wizard who lives in his ivory tower and collects all the, you know, the the cool books. Oh, see, that's the other awesome thing about why I other the other reason I like uh, the low magic setting is I, I still uh, I still want players to get to that point. Like, like you had said, it's about the heroics. Mm-hmm. And yes, the bar is set kind of low in those worlds in terms of, you know, uh, you know, a wizard shows up to a king and is able to cast a fireball. Yeah, that king's going to be like, you work for me now. Here's your, here's all yeah. your money. Here's your tower. Have a nice day. You have to predict the weather now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that almost, you have to be careful about that too because it, it would be completely, you know, plausible for any kind of, any kind of caster in a low magic world to be a celebrity, uh, to be extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't even have to be very good. You know, a second level caster could be regional nobility. Right. And I, I like that though. I like the fact that it, it, like I said, it allows for a lot of, I've seen a lot more creative role play from a low magic setting. And this is again, personal mm-hmm. than I have on a high level setting. Cause high level, it's just like, we're just going to bomb the town. What? Yeah, you heard me. We are going to bomb the town. Well, you know, and that's about bringing in the checks and balances, you know. Um, right. Mage, again, is a good example of a system that whether or not the GMs implemented it well, there there is built in, you know, checks and balances to the point where the book says, you know, it doesn't matter how strong it has to get. Just keep throwing bigger stuff at them until they, until they die. Right. You know, and you have to be willing to do that in the, the D20 systems too because if somebody is going to – you know, just walk up to every town or every castle they meet and say, hey, give us all your stuff. And if they don't, they rain meteors down. Well, there's got to be somebody in that castle that can take them down. Of course. Or somebody who hears about it and suddenly they, they're, they're, you know, they're running there's for the, their lives. There's the adventuring. There's the other adventuring party coming at you. Yes. 
Yes. The, the seven, the, the seven snipers and you have to watch out for them all. <laughs> Actually, funny story is I played a game where our group became basically the villains mm-hmm. and the GM just was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done running this. I'm done writing for it. We're done. Like, you know, hands in the air, backed off. And then we played, I forgot what we played for like a couple of weeks as one shots. And then we came back and he's like, okay guys, we got a new idea, new campaign, same world, but new, you know, new campaign. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, it's probably cool. Cause he, he, he was a GM that always liked doing time jumps. Like we're going to go a thousand years in the future. We're going to go 2000 years in the past uh, from wherever our first game was. So we're like, okay, we're going to be like six, 700 years into the, into the future. And he goes, by the way, just because I don't want to have this happen, you cannot be associated to any of your previous characters. So no family bloodline. So you can't pull the, well, obviously he became the king of this, blah, blah, blah. And we were, we were you know, we were, had a good time with her. Like, okay, okay, okay. So then we became the band of adventurers hunting the other, hunting our old, our old group who had, you know, had splintered after they had destroyed so much stuff and had gotten so much, got so rich. And they had all become these evil, you know, megalomaniac type characters. Mm-hmm. And we had to go hunt them down, which I, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty cool. And I'm sure the, the, when it finally dawned on you guys, you know, that that's what you were doing. That was probably a pretty cool moment. It was, it was epic. It yeah. was, it was a pretty epic turn. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. listeners. He shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have. But no, um, but that was, that was somewhere we, you know, it was still low magic, but it grew into that. So I think you can still accomplish, like I said, that heroic stuff and you can still, you can still do that. But I don't know. See, I, I would say that the, some of the stuff you're describing as being the good sides and the cool part of low magic is what would lead me to really disliking it. Um, you know, if I could walk into a town just because I happen to roll a low level caster, you know, I'm level four and suddenly I'm a, you know, sensual of the king and, you know, I have all this money, power and responsibility. That would kind of ruin it. Well, th- OK, I went with an extreme on that one. Yeah, but, you oh, know, I mean, it's completely plausible. If oh, I was a it's completely plausible. Yeah, it depends on the GM. Like you had said, mm-hmm. it's about a good storyteller and it's also about checks and balances. Yeah, I mean, the only way I really see that working, though, is, um, you know, again, something like Mage, where effectively you're an outlaw and you're being hunted. Well, that's that's sometimes what I do. I do use as a um, as a counterpoint is that it is like a super, for some people, it's a superstition. It, mm-hmm. If you're able to, you know, if you're able to call fire, well, obviously you're from the abyssal plains and you need to die. Or, you know, like for example, with um, orcs, I love doing, uh, I know it's completely cliche, but I love doing the, you know, would you find that caster? It's a religious experience, even though they're doing something like, you know, casting fireballs. Yeah. Kind of tribal shaman kind of right. medicine yeah. men kind of characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, overplayed, but I still enjoy that. Uh, uh, cliches that are cliches. cliches because they're, you know, for a reason. I mean, classics <laughs> right. are classics. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, dwarves, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> drunk dwarves, uh, drunk dwarves. Uh, actually I ran a game where, uh, where dwarves weren't or had a, did not enjoy alcohol at all. That, uh, I I, it, was, it was a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. throw it but yeah. was it played by was the dwarf in the party played by a drunk guy all the time? No, that would have been hilarious. Um, I think that's the only way that works for me. <laughs> nice. But no, I mean, it's <laughs> it is about it is about, you know, crafting your story. I think the other reason is and, and this ties into what I, you know, earlier what I was talking about with the items is I like I like just giving out, you know, you 
you're band of adventurers, you've, you're seeking out this, this dreaded witch in the swamp, you get out there and everything, you know, you, you, you find her, you kill her, you break this curse that the town thinks is going on, but it's really something completely different. Uh, and you, it's time to, it's time for the party to loot up. And they find like a plus one, you know, great, a plus one silver great sword. They find, you know, maybe a couple wands, maybe a scroll, but who knows if the scroll actually works? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I see the, the, the cool storytelling part of that, but, you know, okay. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what kind of storyteller I am. It's been probably a decade since I've told any. And what I'm really trying to get into and what I'm really enjoying is trying to think about ways to put the party in a sandbox, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, as somebody who has enjoyed sandboxed video games, you know, I just got done playing St. Rose 4. Awesome game. But, um, you know, as somebody who enjoys that style of gameplay, I'm, I'm, I want to try to figure out how to bring that to the, the RPG table that I'm running. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but to think that those are the kind of things in a truly low magic world that would be, you know, kind of earth shattering. You know, your party gets a plus one sword. The local king's going to demand that in tribute. Mm, not necessarily. So if he knows, again, he, if he knows they, that you have it, he's going to want it. Because if he doesn't need it himself, he has a high ranked friend who needs it. <laughs> but not always. Because, again, it, it, the other thing I like doing in low magic, which I, I always would I love seeing people do, is that, you know, you tell the players that's what it's equivalent to. Mm-hmm. Right. But the king might not know that. Yeah. But, People might not know. It's like, like I said, that scroll. Who knows that scroll is actually a spell? It could be you read it and you're like, a uh, bowl of guacamole appears in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like, what? No, no, it, no. It's not a spell for bo- somebody bowl of guacamole. It was just a shopping list to make a bowl of guacamole. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, Oof, yeah. man, terrible. Surprise! <laughs> oh, you have a great shopping list. Yeah, yeah. No, you, but, I use this to open the best restaurant ever. Yeah, but even in the low magic settings, I still like having – again, it, it, it's based on how you built your world. Is mm-hmm. You want to make sure that the king does maybe have someone in that back pocket that he needs. Like he does know a wizard. He does keep a wizard on staff um, mm-hmm. or a cleric because the same thing – I apply the same thing to all classes. Yeah, no, and I get, I get where you're coming from. But as you're describing this, I guess I've been building a world in my head, mm-hmm. right? And I've been – Trying to think about what what would happen if you know these type of scenarios played out, and most of them end with the party dying a horrible death because they're either I, hunted down or you know they're 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 killed for their plus one protection ring. <laughs> so I mentioned it was gritty, right? I did mention that. And yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, to me, like that kind of environment, while it can be entertaining in moderation, it's not what I'd want to do all the time or maybe even most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I enjoy a little bit more of the possibilities you get with um if not high magic, at least commonality of magic. Um, okay, so so we're, yeah. all, we're we we're we okay, to go back to where we originally started this which was pros and cons. I have so no pros, idea, man. We've just been talking. <laughs> I know, but like pros we 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 said that you know, there is that that you have some you could have some really good storytelling moments. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot more uh, danger. There's, you know, there's a lot, well, not a lot more danger, but a, um, 
Well, you have your chance. You have your like Ulysses moments or your you know Hercules moments where your heroic moments. Yeah, you know these these things where yes, Jason really did go in and kill all those things, and he got that golden fleece. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, not having to have your players have a ton of magical items. Oh, sorry, that's just me. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that's a pro and a con. That is a pro and a con. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, without a bunch of magical items, you are more likely to be killed by that horde of goblins or pygmies yeah. or wombats, snakes, 17 foot snakes. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that, that doesn't matter what level you are. It doesn't matter. No, 17 foot snakes. They swallow you whole. Congratulations. You died. Yeah. Rocks fall. Oh, and <laughs> killed the snake, which you're in. Oh, uh, <laughs> you pray oh. to the gods for deliverance from the snake. Uh, Rocks fall. I think it I think it breeds a lot of creativity in terms of engaging um the players. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel it it really does. Um I you know, I don't think that that's the only way to get that creativity. Uh, I, I I view it as a pro for the system mm-hmm. because it's not like you're no you're not just flinging tons of magic users and tons of uh clerics and all that. It's like if you when you do get into that fight and you see a magic user's like crap, well what can he do? What can't he do? Yeah. There's some there's some definite truth to that. You know, uh, I could see impersonating a magic user and being like a stage magician in that kind of in that kind of world to be highly entertaining. Oh, I've we had someone do that. Yeah. It works. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it does until they someone thinks they're legit and decides to kill them, you know, (laughs) or capture them and force them to make lay golden eggs. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of of ways I could play out. Tim, will you lay a golden egg? Uh, I've been working on that for 26 years now and I have yet to lay a golden egg. Well, we can wait. Please. <laughs> another, another 26 years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no. yes, because if with one golden egg, man, we can get all the equipment for next gen con we need. There That's we go. What I'm saying. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of your cons is, um, you feel that it might be too gritty. No, it's not too gritty because I have no problem. I have no problem with gritty, tough environments if that's what you're sent out to do. No problem at all. What I do think I could see is that if you're in a – I see way too many chances in a realistic sandbox that you're going to have an opportunity for the players to jump artificially in power base by just the smallest portion of magical ability. Uh, hey, Hey, Brian. Yeah. You describe that as realistic sandbox. It's a role-playing game, buddy. I know it. Okay. <laughs> realistic sandbox in the same way, you know, I EverQuest know. is a realistic sandbox. I don't know. But, you know, I mean. Use life, man. We don't care about that. Yeah, you know. Or the same way my LARP was a. Yeah, anyway. No, I know. I, I understand what you're you saying. You know, it's. In, but uh, maybe realistic is the wrong word. Plausible. Possible there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I can see that too. And you know, I've, I have done that to the players when they have, um, when they have stepped in my, in my opinion, as a GM gone way too far, like just a mage, like when you've gone too far in mage, there are ways to, there's a checks and balance to bring the players, mm-hmm. you know, remind them that they are not the all powerful, uh, deities of the mortal realm. Yeah. But uh, let's take like the, the last character I played in your games. Um, you know, or in the D20 games, like Victor, right? Mm-hmm. Even with a modicum of magic power in a really low magic world, that guy w- would have been a king. Yeah, but we never got to finish getting through that. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Well, and we, we weren't really in a low magic world. I don't think. Nah, probably about mid. I, yeah. I ran that as a, as a mid level, as a mid magic, like, you know, commonality. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it, even with his minor bardic skills, um, he wasn't anything special. It was the fast talking that got him there. Right. Yeah. Um, and framing local ambassadors. Um, well, I guess I, I, I think the other like reason I, I think low magic works for me is I, you know, I did a lot of Conan. I read a lot of Conan as a kid mm-hmm. and I like that sword and sorcery. Like I said, it, it all comes back to the fact that I think you have a lot more yeah, really I mean, good storytelling experience with the low magic system because you can, you can surprise the players because again, if, if it's not a, if it's not so prevalent in the world, you can throw some weird, weird things at them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, and they're like, well, okay. Um, I have, I uh, see. I'm a, I'm a, I have fourth level magic. I fireball it. Yeah. They worked at it. Uh, <laughs> Ray of frost. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there has been some great examples and since you brought up uh, Conan reading and stuff, maybe it's a time to diverge off into examples of low magic that are really cool. Um, okay. you know, sort of, uh, Conan, you know, sword and sorcery, you know, that's obviously, um, a classic example of a low magic okay. world and not because magic didn't exist or magic wasn't powerful, but because it was hard to find. And it was very, it had a very, again, a superstitious feel to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in those stories, you know, at least the ones I'm familiar with, a guy with a modicum of magic became a king. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it worked out kind of exactly like I would expect it to. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, um, you know, Game of Thrones is a very popular version of a low magic world right now. And I don't even know if so much that it's low magic world as it is just the, you know, the main continent Westeros is low magic. Uh, it overall has a it's a it's a low magic that's kind of ramping up to be high magic inside of low magic. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, well, I, I think to keep it accessible at the beginning, he made it feel almost no magic. Right. And then you gradually as the story unfolds, you get these references to magic used to be big deal, you know, dragons, wards in the castle walls, all that kind of stuff. And. And as the story's unfolding, it's it's unrolling to being higher and higher magic. And when, when they started exploring the other continents, too, those continents were always steeped in a lot more magic than Westeros. Right. Well, yes. And again, it's but it like I said, it's low magic. It's a low magic overall, but with a little bit of high magic splashed in. Yeah, I, I think it might have been completely localized. Like if the story had been set at the Temple of the Fire God the whole time. Yeah, that might have been a little different. Yeah. Uh, if the story had started off north of the wall. Ooh, valid point. All right. Yeah. So, you know, um, we got to see the low, the low magic corner of the world uh, mm-hmm. as the main side. And even even them, you know, they were obviously touched by magic with the with the dra- with the history of the dragons there. Yeah, that's um, very true. But again, somebody with a modicum of magical power uh, with the dragons, you know, he managed to overturn not one, but seven kingdoms. He used a dragon. Yeah, yeah, like I said, uh, but relatively, he had the most magical power around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, and the other continent, you know, the 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 priests of the fire god, they have some magic, but they aren't really, they don't have a lot of it. 
Um, That's true. Well, they have the ability to do a lot of unique things. Yeah, but it's you know until the times are, are ramping up as the as the dragons are coming back and everything, they didn't they didn't have a lot like they could see visions in the flames and all this kind of stuff. Which, by the way, users, we're sorry if we're spoiling stuff. Yes, we should have we should have fired a spoiler horn. I think we're being vague enough where there's enough in those ten thousand pages for you to read. Yes, <laughs> I, I think we might have to in case do a spoiler tag. In the show notes, we, we will do that for you. Yeah, yeah. We'll consider the entire uh, the entire literature section and story section kind of covered. <laughs> yeah. You know, but again, I think though it, it does reinforce because you know the, while the fire gods people they had very low level magic um, for for most of the recent history of the storylines, yeah. they still were in a position of incredible power. Yeah. Uh, again, through superstition, mm-hmm. um, but also through a modicum of magic. Mm-hmm. Um. What are some other good examples? Uh, I was thinking Midnight from uh, FFG and uh, the D20 system. Well, FFG way later, but it started off as a D20. Again, another very low magic system. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to think off the top of my head some more. Uh, actually, Wizards of the Coast released a way to basically from how to turn D&D into a very low magic setting. Yeah. And I, I would not be surprised if they had a, a companion for doing that in second ed too. Uh, actually, I think it was. Yeah, I, I remember reading it in third ed. I don't know if they did it for second, but again, you're most likely right. Yeah, like, I mean, they, uh, I'm gonna, I'm they had a book say, about everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't official, there was definitely third party books for it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. If not, I was like, yeah, there's yeah. a book of uh, well, it's mm. called magic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. What else did uh like think of? Well, I I I would say again, Song of Fire and Ice. If mm-hmm. you didn't bring it up already, um, because even the, the 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 books being released now, just you know, they they highlight the fact of the yeah. low the low magic world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially I, where we are with the TV series, which I think is how m- most people who are familiar with it now are familiar mm-hmm. with it. You know, they haven't gotten to any of the high magic bits yet, so. No. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, some more. Uh, Mouse Guard uh, by oh, the, the publisher is escaping me. Uh, hold on, you're going to hear me clack on my keyboard. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Because um, I uh, I cannot remember. <laughs> I cannot remember the publisher off the off the top. Of my, Mouse Guard. There you go. Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Done. Uh, okay. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about because all he says is name twenty times. Uh, it's a uh, it's a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, it's it's a I, lot of fun. Um, I would suggest any world with ty- with talking mice is probably not low magic. It's low magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would throw this one out here and correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hmm. Um, I would say Star Wars. Prefacing it with the fact that you're playing during Episode Four, where the after Episode Three, where the Jedi are all gone. It's this archaic religion, if mm-hmm. you will, is that that would be low magic in the sense of there is not it's not that common. Yeah. Now, if, if you assume that the that the force is effectively a magic system, mm-hmm. which, you know, arguably you could, you know, they tried to retcon that in the in the prequels. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, assuming it is. Yeah. Uh, the the modern quote unquote, quote unquote, modern day of uh, Star Wars is definitely a low magic error. Um, you only had basically the two Sith Lords who had it and then a couple of renegade Jedis. 
Right. Well, we, if we could sit here and talk about the expanding universe all night, but we'll say yes if you're going under. I'm just, talking about the three main, tr- the first trilogy. That's where I'm stopping it. As far okay. as the sandbox talking. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know. If you if you if you pull that, then yeah, you're you're looking at some very low magic. Yeah. And, and you, of course, you know, you probably had thousands of force sensitive people that could have potentially been trained to become Jedi's, but they were just really good at whatever they did. Right. You know. Well, that's even when I remember when I picked up um, the Wizards of the Coast version of the Star Wars RPG years mm-hmm. ago, is it it stated that it's like if you're going to run in this in this time, please let your players know that, you know, you should be running this like you should not be running a table full of Jedi. Jedi should be a literally a, you know, one player out of six. If that, <laughs> if that, yeah. Well, no, no, I mean, if you if you're running a table. Yeah. And that's assuming these six people you have are all exceptional people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would I would use that as a good example. Yeah. No, I mean, um, um, I, I don't know if you've ever read it, but there was an old uh, Dave Duncan series called uh, The Seventh Swordsman. I, it's on it's on my list because you actually recommended that to me a couple months after we started hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. you, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. So I apologize. But um. The, you know, in that one, you know, it is a low magic universe because the gods do exist, right? Um, you know, and they and they do even interfere with the day to day life, and that's kind of the whole plot. Is the main character gets plugged into the scenario by uh, by by these all powerful beings, right? Mm-hmm. But there is effectively no magic in the world to speak of, except for these, uh, except for these. Um, uh, I think they, I think they were even called wizards. It's been years since I've read the books, but they they call themselves wizards. But you know, it turns out if, once the story unfolds that there's some some difference there about what that actually means. And you know, it's definitely a low magic world, and it kind of um, it kind of represents kind of a passing of errors in that kind of regard. Great novel. I don't want to spoil it too much because Tim hasn't read it. But uh, yeah, let's let's not do that. That would that would make me really sad. Yeah, you got to read it so we can talk about it next week. All three books. <laughs> All three books. Yeah, I got five days. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, another you another let me book. Down again. I know another book series, and it, if you just read the first book, is where you see the low magic is the Magician Apprentice by Feist, where it's really super low magic. Completely uh, again, not spoiling anything because it's it's really hard to do that when you when you want to talk about one of your favorite books. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. the, the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, is able to, yeah, I can't say more than that. Uh, so there's a main <laughs> character named Pug. There's another he, magician. Is, does he look like a pug? No, no, no. Because that'd just, be funny. Yeah, but no, it's just. I mean, they're so ugly, they're cute. Yeah. I'm just saying. Anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you never heard that before. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's completely little magic on on in the in the first novel and mm-hmm. you uh I, I like it because there is a there is a person working for the king he does know how to do magic it but it's a thing that has taken him years to do mm-hmm. and he's now teaching this kid to do it and it's it's a really interesting story mm-hmm. um but it keeps it to where he did the, the guy who's who's become the king is taking him his whole life to do it i mean not the king the, the guy who's helping the king is yeah. taking him his whole life to do it and the other part of the story is you know, the, the warrior who has this really awesome, uh, gets this really awesome armor and it protects him and it does some really cool stuff. And that, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's my, one of my favorite things about low fantasy is I like that, you know, you, your this blade has been your father's family for years. And so I like to say, okay, by the time it's passed down like four generations, it has somehow become like a plus three sword 
and everybody just knows, oh, you are Blank's son, the wielder of Blank. Mm-hmm. There, by the way, this is the Mad Libs edition of Epic Turn. Please fill it out and put it in the comments. No, but seriously, uh, <laughs> look, it's, oh. it's to see if we actually have listeners. Um, oh you my are, God. It's, or it's going to become a new black card for Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> blank, son of blank, the wielder of blank. Oh, Michael no, Jackson, but, something, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> You know Patrick Harris, the son of Michael Jackson? <laughs> yeah, it works. Builder uh, of a bigger... Never mind. Uh, stop. <laughs> um, but no, the... But that that kind of that kind of era of stuff that that kind of low magic I still like again I, it, no, just, I mean, these stories are all great I mean I think we could go on and on about all these different fictions I mean yeah there's um, the Necromancer series where it's a low magic world that builds high I mean there's dozens of examples of all these rag to riches kind of stories uh, the one we both read were the the um, the Black Magician series oh right? yeah you know definitely a low magic builds to a more of a high magic throughout the series. Um, yeah. So I, I think these make great cinematic stories. Um, I don't know if they make as good role-playing settings because they do, you know, have a tendency to let that one Jedi out of the group of six to shine above the rest. But that's all up to the, again, that's all up to the GM Mm -hmm. because I've ran those heroic low magic games where I've had the, the warrior become the king because he, he was, he became the hero of everybody, and the and the magic user just he didn't he didn't necessarily fade into the background, but he had his own epic tales. Yeah, and that was not the path he decided to walk. Mm-hmm. No, and it's definitely possible. You know, I mean, not everybody is going to want to be king. Uh, at least I hope not, because that'd be a boring game. All right, actually, it might be exciting when he came down to do succession. Six six kings, yes. only one gets to survive. Yeah. This is the. Know. This is the Highlander version of, of RPGs. Um, <laughs> there can be only no, 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 you can't do that because the players will eventually be like, uh, "We form the, you know, we form this kingdom with the six members of this council." Yeah, well, either they're all going to kill each other. It all depends on the group. It all depends on the group. But I don't know. I mean, I still like low magic, and again, it's a it's a personal choice. Yeah, no, it is. And at this point, we've been back and forth, basically saying the same thing. You're saying. I like the cinematic I story. <laughs> I'm saying I see where you're coming from, but I like the other stuff better. I think our listeners are going to stop listening after this episode. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> you know, every time you every time you send out a newsletter, you you lose a certain number of percent, a certain number of listeners. I assume the same is true whenever we put out a bad episode. Oh, already calling it a bad episode. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> hey, you're the one who just called this a bad episode. I just had uh, a bad episode. Sh- sh- we haven't had one of those yet, of course. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, of course never, we have. Oh, yeah. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we should segue off of strictly talking about low magic and how it applies and, and try, try to branch it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure where to segue from there. Well, we could couple that with we talked about low magic. What about low power level? Okay. Now, those are distinctly <laughs> not the same thing. Um, you okay. can have. You know, and, and I think low. I think power level in a campaign is extremely a relative statement. Yes, uh, you can be level twenty and still be low level. That's true because you could be running a, a god killer campaign essentially. Yeah, you know where you're walking the plains next to these primal forces of nature, you're still going to get your face stomped. 
you know, um, okay, so well, low power I, level, you know, we, I think that's one of the things we need to define it again. <laughs> yeah. So never mind. That'll be another episode. No, but okay. So how, how about this talking about, because we both have said that you can get into some very superstitious things inside low magic, right? You mm-hmm. can, you can do, you could be the, the trickster who through sheer innovation of like flash powders and, uh, basically a street magician in a sense you can you can fool the world yes yes you are the lucky charlatan that hasn't got caught yet <laughs> yet yes yeah or you know or you're the or you're the hedge wizard who's finally going on the adventure mm-hmm. yeah. okay so looking at that what would you consider too much though to cross from that low magic to a to going into the next level say mid or high when what 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 at what point do we stop being low magic and we okay. cross into the mid magic? So that's kind of an interesting question. Um, so what is the boundaries? What is the upper boundary of low magic? Right. Uh, I think it's pretty pretty easy to say that if everyone in the world knows. Well, okay. Well, and again, you know, going back to what we first said, there is two different ways to do low magic. Mm-hmm. There is there does not exist any higher higher forms of magic. There only exists the low levels. Right. So you're talking like maximum caster level four or five. Yeah. Like it does. Yeah. Like you you may be able to cast more spells per day, but you're never going to be able to learn that fireball. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe just the or maybe fireball is actually a ninth level spell in this book, right? Instead of a third level spell. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so that that would definitely be one way of doing low magic. And the answer there is, you know, there's no real way to move up from that kind of system unless you suddenly discover higher forms of magic. Um, now, when you're talking about a low level world, that's just it's rare to find that you can um, that that it becomes common. I think it's uh, it, it's all about the scarcity, scarcity, right? Um, okay. Uh, just, I've been reading a lot about the Pathfinder rule books lately. Cause that's where, that's what I'm running. And in that type of scenario, if you have a city of about two to 3000 people, mm-hmm. you can buy a, uh, you, you are expected that at any given time, there's going to be a couple of items in that town that are worth about 2000 gold. Okay. Um, so, you know, most of the time that's like that, that's a plus one sword. Mm-hmm. And I would expect that if you can find a plus one sword reasonably well in a small town, that you're probably talking about a um, you're probably talking about a you know average magic world. Now, in that same town, if you could find a plus three magic sword, that's a much higher magic world. But if the best thing you can find there is like a, a scroll or, or not a scroll, or not a scroll necessarily, but like a potion or something like that, then that's probably a low magic world. So, I mean, does that does that make any sense or are you just reading your email? I'm not reading my email. I mean, I, no, it, it does. I think I think at the point where it does become maybe not even commonality, but accessibility even. Yes. It's that, the second like anybody can get their hands on something that is mm-hmm. scarce. I think that's when you start, you start slowly transitioning the game into a, a mid level. I also think it to the point where if your players get to the point where, you know, they're, they're wanting to teach the world. 
or they're getting to the point where they're actually spreading, you know, this mat, the like in a sense, like a cleric opening up a temple and through, you know, role play and talking to the GM, they, they open it up to where now this, the divine power they have is now spreading to more people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like you're actually helping your God get more followers and that's increasing right. his power level. Right. You know, or, and, well, I think the topic really skirting around here is why is your world low magic? Yeah, that's, that's also very true. You know, I mean, cause if your world is low magic because no one believes in the gods anymore. And so the gods have no power due to lack of worshipers, mm-hmm. you know, then that, that, you know, explains how you could definitely graduate that world or even have pockets where magic is very strong because you have an extremely dedicated following in a, in a locale. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, one of mine is one of my, my, one of my times of running low magic is I, there was a great war that just wiped out most of the, the arcane casters. And so a lot of the knowledge was just mm-hmm. gone. It's lost. Right. Um, with with druids, it was that because of the wars, so much of the forests were you know either torn down to build siege siege engines or just you know scorched earth campaigns by some of the armies that they've diminished in power. Yeah, uh, and so uh, the, their their nature the, that they drew source from it was destroyed. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there there is a reason why, yeah, and and I think that's really important to answer, and that probably will really flavor the campaign and how you could how you could transition. Like, say you started the campaign and you said, okay, everybody's starting in this area. You're all from this area, mm-hmm. and magic was outlawed here for thousands of years. Right. Yeah. There's not going to be, you know, any commonality to casters or you know, uh, magic items there. You just aren't going to find it, but you might travel across the ocean to this heathen land where magic is, uh, you know, falls like rain from the sky. Uh, are you sure you're not, you're not just going with the black magician trilogy? No, actually dragon <laughs> age was popping more in my head at the time. <laughs> no, no. no, but no, I, I, I do agree. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that that is an important, well, this, this would be more of a topic uh, in terms of, I, I know eventually do this into campaign building um, and world building. Well, you know, I'm kind of having fun positing why your world is low magic. Oh, okay. So I'd like to do that a few more times. Like, let's come up with <laughs> scenarios. Why? Why is okay. your world low magic? Okay, um, let's take turns. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no. All I was gonna say is that this 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 is gonna be a really. All I was saying is that this is definitely gonna. This is a big topic for that you should answer regardless when you're building your world. That's why I was right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. I, and, and when we get to the episode, I guarantee you that is gonna be <laughs> a twelve part by itself. <laughs> Explain to me how you build your kingdoms. But no, yeah. in terms of why your why your world could be low magic. Yes. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, we've already done the gods. Yeah. Well, we've done we've done lack of faith in the gods. I did one where a elder a elder god mm-hmm. was actually slowly siphoning all the ley lines from the planet. So, okay. it, like when at one point a player had it's, so it went it went in reverse. It started very high magic, and then as they leveled, they they couldn't cast certain spells anymore, or they get to an area and there was no magic to draw on, mm-hmm. and then eventually. He left the planet dead. Like right. All the ley lines were gone. The only people that were that still had power was the clerics, hmm. and well, druids too. No, but, no, yeah, all depends on yeah. how you classify the various types of magic, right? Right. right. Yeah, but the, the clerics were the only people in power, and all these magic users were basically depowered, and there was nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. 
because the elder god they didn't the, in the campaign they didn't stop him um they, yeah they that through everything we tried and tried and tried uh even so much as i even text boxed them once which i don't like doing and okay they, for, for, for the for the listener's sake yeah define text boxing forcing your players into an action Okay, so so you, you you put them in a room and there's only one door out, right? <laughs> and, and somehow they cast a spell to go straight up back to land. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, they thought of a creative way to escape the box. Yes, uh, the box had a hole. Oops. The box. Um, but you know that was that was how we went from a reverse from mm-hmm. high to low, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's kind uh, of a neat a neat premise. I think um, I've seen worlds where the um the gods themselves were in fact mortal and okay. they you know because uh, in let's face it in some camp in some gaming worlds and some stories the gods are immortal and they you know, they're just playing with you you can't kill them um yeah. but the gods could kill each other in this world mm. and um through but it took a concerted effort of um of six other gods to kill the one and uh, and so a group of six gods went around and killed all the other gods. Hmm. And so it was a very low magic world because all all you know um, those six gods held kind of supreme power. And in this storyline, they were actually pitting two countries against each other, hmm. pretending to be different gods on either side <laughs> because they got bored. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you were a god, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know that was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool storyline, but definitely low magic. You know, there were uh, casters were kind of along the lines of sorcerers. You know, they were innate things that they could do, but um, because these gods held such sway, they ended up just being servants of the gods. Um, you know, kind of thing. And like eventually, it. the gods would kill them, so they wouldn't rise in power to eventually kill the gods. No, of course, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, we'll see another your turn. one. That, oh, my turn. Okay. Yeah, your turn. Uh, oh, oh, no, no. Lightning round. Yes. Um, ah. Well, where's the chest timer? Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> I think I left it at work. Yeah. Um, blah, my mind just went blah. Uh, another one I, 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 I had a friend run and it was a little, a little too weird. Um, which if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> is no one listens to these. Don't worry. Uh, I'm not worried. Is, the they did this like progressive movement of technology over magic, right? So eventually, you so know, so you're people, playing Arcana. Yes, actually, yes. And so eventually, you know, people were rolling around in basically steam tanks mm-hmm. and just running over things, killing people. And it was the the birth of uh, basically in a birth of like a steam age inside the game, and mm-hmm. it became low magic because. Everybody's getting wiped out. So yeah, well, and that's kind of an interesting thing you have to talk about. Some is what level of technology do you have in your world, and mm-hmm. inversely, you know, how much of that replaces our uh, complements. How does it re- because you could have high technology, but that is your magic. We've seen that in campaign systems. Yes. Um, well, actually, like Shadows of Esther is a really low magic game, mm-hmm. but they also have that arcanist alchemy esque magic as well yeah like the, the crystal shards or i i, I screwed up i forgot the yeah name. we, we, we yeah. haven't read those books in a while but yeah. yeah um yeah they have that whole technology is your magic kind of system built in because they don't have a, a standard wizard class i don't think 
Yeah, they they have the. It's more like it's more like Conan's and uh, sorry, not Conan, sword and sorcery style, where magic is ritualistic, mm-hmm. uh, combined with this technology, of course. Yeah. Um, which I again, again, another really good way is that just that's how people believe magic is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I ran. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, well, uh, they they say you know no uh, any any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Right. And let's face it, that's that's an extremely relative thing. So if you're living in a city full of cavemen, a big lighter would be magic. Yes, it would. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. <laughs> I can make fire on demand. Holy <laughs> crap! Here's your Zippo. Yeah, um, <laughs> that man is a god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a friend run uh, again. Uh, again, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, ran a game where the the whole magic system was literally based on cantrips. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. Hmm. And that was, that was um, like that. We had to come up with some of the most creative ways to get out of things. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. was a lot of fun. And that he, and I, you know, I asked him, I said, so what's your, what's your basis for you know doing this? He goes, ah, I just got bored and didn't want to memorize everything. So I just memorized all the level zero spells. So, Hey, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> guy who's level 20 has the same magic as the guy who's level one. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that's kind of the, the, High commonality but low power level of the spells, right? That we were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a good example of that one. It actually pretty neat. Okay, if anybody could, if all you could do is cantrips. Yeah, um, uh, of course. There's you know what I'm doing to us in our campaign, which I'm not going to spoil to you what happened, but um, something happened to the gods thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, so you have all these mythic stories about people coming back from the dead. You have you know all this other stuff, but the clerics have been effectively turned into uh, alchemists, you know, mm-hmm. as a way to try to maintain their their power. And so they have these really advanced potions and other things that they can do, but they're not, they're not divine magic. Uh, divine magic is broken in the world effectively with the yeah. exception of nature magic. Cause yeah, nature's still there. Nature's still there. But, yeah. but, but again, it's not, is it, is it, is it going to be, you know, low magic in that sense? Or is it, well, this, well, no, I'll, I'll, ask questions, ask questions, please do. Uh, well, no, I mean, if you, would do we consider that low magic though? If you completely nix, you you you, co- you cut them off at the legs, you completely destroy one source of the uh, one one source of magic, be it arcane in this case divine. Mm-hmm. Does that really transition it to a low magic setting? Because you still have all the magic from all the other types. Well, I think inherently it has to be lower magic. But is it low magic? Well, I mean, think about it. There's whole schools of magic and types of items that would be available that just don't exist. Or if they do exist, they're thousands of years old. Mm. I, I don't know if I would consider that because you're still going to have – because magic's still a commonality in your world. Arcane magic is still commonality. There's giant mm-hmm. mage schools if you go to the right areas. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I'm playing with fairly standard rules for things that arcane casters can make. But you know, if there's something out there that would have been made primarily by, by priests, they're not going to be found. Um, you know, and is and I'm I'm expecting it to shape the way the world is. Like, um, you know, the defensive mage is going to be a very common occurrence because there is no defensive clerics. Um, but is it low magic? I think it's lower magic. I'm not going. I'm not shooting for a low magic campaign though. But I, you know, you could take this whole thing uh, to the next level and really force it into a low magic setting. No, oh, you definitely could. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I'm curious to see if anyone in the group's actually going to try to figure out what happened to the gods. No. 
I don't know. We might be surprised. I, I, know, I know they're going to be listening to this episode. No. Okay. We know Tim's not going to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, seriously. But um, so, okay. So gods. So we, we've mentioned that one. Yeah. You know, there's various ways to neuter, kill, or, uh, or, or, or use gods as antagonists to drain the magic from the world. And very, and, and not just the way you mentioned with the ley lines, but it could be done in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, was it classic uh, forgotten? Was it Forgotten Realms where the gods got jealous of the powers that the men that men had got? So the god of magic, you know, shattered men's ability to control it. Uh, yeah, I think that was. Yeah, I mean, you could take that steps further and completely, you know, nerf magic wow. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Depower it all. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, they they nerfed it to the point of what we would consider average power. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've, I've played, I played one game where it was, it was mage, mm-hmm. but it was mage in the dark ages. Mm. And there's nothing low magic about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. The G, the, the storyteller mm-hmm. actually said, you're not allowed to go beyond one dot in mm. any of the magics. Okay. Because it, it was the, it was the, the way he positioned it is the, we only use the mage system. He went right. with a completely different story. So he wasn't that, playing like, cause I know there was actually an official mage book. Yes, in the dark for, ages. for the dark ages, uh, or yeah. at least one version of it, maybe two. I think there was actually two, um, and that was actually one of my favorite characters I ever played because I, I was playing this uh, this Knights Templar whose whole paradigm was I pray to God oh, yeah, for, for his wrath, right? And so I would go out into the middle of town in a clear sky and pray to the gods, you know, smite my enemies before he leaves. And the GM let me get away with it because it was completely plausible for the day that a holy man would be feared. Instead of someone saying, that's not possible. I still can't believe I got away with that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the the finish is that, so it was like, you can only go through one dot. And the whole basis was, is that we were, we had awakened Mm -hmm. in a world with no magic. So we were actually doing the building blocks. Nice. Or what would become the mage, what would become the future, like society of mages. That would actually be a really cool campaign to play. Really low power. And we had, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. It was, we, we slowly built and we did that transition like we had talked about into a mid-level. And then finally, I think at one point I had actually opened up like the third dot of forces and it was over. Yeah, was well, in, over. in a world with no magic, yeah, literally, I mean, somebody with even two dots of forces could, would, would be amazingly, re, you know, powerful. Mm-hmm. Two dots of anything, really. Yeah. So <laughs> Two dots life, two dots, two dots of life. Uh, I don't die. Yeah, well, is it two life or is it three? Three dots. That's anyway, probably three. But yeah. that was. I would say three. Yeah, but that was. But that's what it was. Is mm-hmm. that it was the we were building that community. We were we were you know we were six guy well six party members mm-hmm. trying to to build a society. And the one thing I really liked about it again, and and I go I keep coming back to this this topic of i find better role play scenarios in low magic than i do high magics Mm -hmm. is that it was the six of us were arguing about well no we should have a school no we each should go to a different corner of the world and try to find new people and (laughs) it was this whole mass thing and then whenever one of us had to disagree oh look i threw a bunny at you oh you know but (laughs) just saying um is that a euphemism no No. Um, okay that's kind of creepy then yeah uh no and then it was and then, you know, we got into this huge, like whenever, whenever we started showing magic to the world, because in his world, the paradox only hit us 
only came back to bite us. Well, we did something uh, completely malicious if it, or if it went against the, the, the code of the tower, because hmm. he still used the tower system. OK, but, so you were playing in the, the modern world of darkness. Yeah. Um, and so if we went against it, like if I used forces and the, again, it's all GM discretion because it was his world. Like if I ever use it to purposely maliciously hunt someone down mm-hmm. and, I, and I knew like I was angry at the time I was doing it. Paradox bit me back. So, so. he uses it as kind of a moral compass for you guys. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I mean, when you're given that much power in a no power world, you, you have to have something to keep you in check. Yeah. But also, like you had said, though, is that, you know, one player did decide to go on to a basically a king making spree. Mm-hmm. But the checks and balance was is that he had an army thrown against him and well, he died. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's the kind of thing that one person with that much power, when the kings and queens or tribal leaders or whatever have it, don't have it, they're going to uh, do whatever they can to control it or kill it. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like I said, it was a realistic. Yeah. It was a it was a plausible mm-hmm. approach to the scenario. Yeah. Um. And another thing that kind of been thinking about, and this is again in relation to stuff I've been thinking about for my campaign I'm working on, is um technology level in the campaigns because I think there's a very common misconception on what's possible at a given time frame. You know, like my campaign, I'm generally kind of trying to go for like a 12 or 1300s type of feel, but without the, uh, without the loss of knowledge that came with the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Um, you so know, we're, we're skipping the dark ages going right to the Renaissance. Ryan, I'm building a steam engine. Uh, you, you don't know how. <laughs> yeah, that's going to take some research. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, you well, know, and I'm cool. doing some things like in the lack of any major conflicts, you know, there's not been a, you know this impetus to uh, create gunpowder and stuff like that. So that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not, no one's aware of. Um, fireworks, Brian. It always starts with fireworks. Always starts with fireworks. But yeah, who cares about fireworks? They have mages. They can make their own fireworks. Yeah, you know, there's no you don't have any need for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like a that's like a cantrip, isn't it? Fireworks, basically. Prestigenation. Uh, Prestigenation is a zero cantrip in Pathfinder. Yeah. So yeah, who needs it? Um, <laughs> but, you know, so some of the things I'm going to think about, though, is, you know, um, I think there's an opportunity for a lot more things that people would not consider to be possible technologically in these kind of campaigns as well Mm um you know the romans had running water Mm -hmm. they had concrete that that endures better than uh, modern concrete Mm -hmm. um the in in 400 a.d they were making crucible level steel in uh in in the middle east and in asia um, that's stuff that we didn't think was possible in, as European uh, descendants until the Industrial Revolution. So, you know, this is uh, – I think there's definitely an opportunity to have a low magic world that still has, you know, creature comforts and niceties and, you know, good roads. There's no reason they're, they're, they have to be, you know, trailing paths, right? No, I, I think that's uh, – honestly, that was one of the things when you approached me about the campaign. As I, I thought that was a really – good thing to happen that's i think something a lot of gms either take for granted because they're running a uh a, something out of a source book mm-hmm. you know, like forgotten realms yeah there's nothing wrong with that no no i'm not saying that um or they don't think of it when they're making their own worlds because they're so used to 
I'm notorious for it. I did when I first started GMing is mm-hmm. someone asked that question and said, okay, so does concrete uh, exist? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Or, or you're Why like, not? no, that didn't exist. Yeah. And so, yeah, but you're telling me, you know, all this other stuff exists. Yeah. Concrete. Uh, they didn't, while they were playing Civ five, they forgot to click on, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, 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 they didn't bother going down the gunpowder tree or the steam yes. engine tree. Cause they didn't need it. They didn't need it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I think that's, a, like I said, I think that's some things either GMs take for granted or they don't think of mm-hmm. is that of coupling your magic and your technology, Spe- specifically your technology. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what's that Dungeon Siege movie? In the Name of the King? In the Name of the King. Yeah. Uh, pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. I, I, I really enjoy Jason Statham movies. Um, but I think that's probably. I just, you, I just got you to admit you love Uwe Boll films. Awesome. What? Nothing. Go ahead. Anyway. Um, no, what I was trying to say before you confuse me uh, is that I think that is kind of the the typical D&D feel for technology level. You know, you have pitchforks and you have bows and arrows and you have swords and there's, you know, there there's writing crops, but, you know, there's no running water. You're going to you're going to be tough in it. There's, you know. No kind of uh, helpful transportation, maybe a sailboat. Boat. Boat. Yeah, I'm on a boat. Um. No, I, I, th- I absolutely think you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there is a, a common theme to most or a common, uh, like I always say with like wizards with the skew materials, I think every wizard should have it because I don't think you should have to manage everything. Oh, I, I, I think, I think the same I'm sure thing. That, I'm sure we could have some, some people that would argue vehemently that, Keeping track of your uh, reagents is highly important. Oh, I'm not disagreeing that part either. No. But th- like that thing, it, I think a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, I think there are some GMs out there that do the same thing with technology. Mm-hmm. Is they they know that standard fantasy tech and that's just what they, and they kind of, I would say, again, it's how we were saying cliches are not bad. Mm-hmm. Is I, It's like if I tell you, Brian, we're going to play, you know, we're going to play D&D. Tomorrow, roll up some characters, and I'm just going to throw us into a setting, and you start at a windmill. We, I think most GMs would say that the players should have a general idea of what that windmill is, mm-hmm. and the and the surrounding countryside in terms of a tech level. Yeah, even though just, you know, in many ways, a, windmills are kind of um, not high level tech, but they're 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 not simple machines. Right, but mm-hmm. but even even in most D and D campaigns, a windmill is very common. Yeah. What I'm saying though is that again, you have this idea already in your head of the level of tech that's going to be around. Yeah, yeah, no, you do, um, yeah. and that's why I'm kind of trying to you know throw you guys for a little bit of a loop. You know, what is around? You guys aren't really sure in a lot of ways because there's uh, there is very well paved roads, there is running water in the in, in the nicer dwellings, there is you know these kind of things, but you know, steam engines, no, they don't exist. Gunpowder doesn't exist. I, I like that. I like the central banking system. I think that's always a good thing to have at any campaign. <laughs> like, cause yeah, I, I've ran the game where we. I actually had a one of my friends was an accounting uh, was an accounting major, mm-hmm. and he had he had said that you know he wanted to know all the currencies in the world <laughs> and the exchange rates on them. I was like. <laughs> I was like, you know what? All of a sudden, this world has a central bank. We all operate off of copper, silver, gold, and platinum. Have a good night. Well, okay. But even that can be kind of interesting because um, have you ever read the Bulgariad? Not yet. Okay. So classic David Eddings novel, very much 
um, you know, rag to riches, high fantasy, um, starts off kind of low magic and builds its way up, uh, way, way up. Uh, <laughs> but, um, the, one of the things that they kind of joke around there is that, yeah, everybody was on a gold and silver system, but certain countries, gold coins were worth more because they were pure oh, okay. or they were heavier. Like, uh, this one kingdom that was, you know, they had the strongest money around because it was like a, it was like a, a, ten, a two tenths of an ounce heavier than everybody else. So, you know, it was, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I could see that being a very interesting exploitive <laughs> setting. <laughs> there was not- characters in the, in the book that I think tried to take advantage of that. And, uh, believe it or not, that King was very strict on counterfeiters. I wonder why. I don't know why. I'm just saying I may or may not have, have to, you know, call Victor up if we ever decide to do that. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think overall, I think we both are kind of we're we're, we're going to go around in circles. The longer oh, I think we've stopped we've stopped dancing around the same topic some. So I feel like we're at least progressing the conversation somewhere. <laughs> well, no, what I was going to say is I think I think we I think we've covered a lot of good material on the low magic side. Mm hmm. And I think we provided a, a good uh, back and forth on what's good, what's bad, uh, both of us seeing each other's points. And we even provided some examples of some settings you can run where low magic could be fun. It could be interesting. And if you if your players hate it, there's a way to transition it. Yeah, there absolutely is. And it's really important to keep in mind the checks and balances. I mean, so much about um, the rules, especially the annoying, tedious parts are meant as a form of checks and balances like uh, wizard spell memorization. I know so many players who hate that, yeah. uh, but it's, it's meant to balance out the wizard's ability to learn Everything. endless numbers of spells, <laughs> uh, which I, I, I played characters that that was their whole goal in life was to learn every spell. Yep. And, and I was actually able to sit there and, you know, we were, we were level 14 or whatever, but I'm like, I know every first through fourth level spell. Yeah. Every I one of them. Yep. Play that game as well. Yeah. I, I've been that character. So I, yeah, I it's fun. Understand. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, you know, as long as you let that play into the character's motivations, I think it can be entertaining as long as it's not just like a checkbox exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, exp- uh, the, the physical reagents part, you know, the whole excuse materials that, um, if you completely ignore that as part of your campaign, it really kind of loses a huge check and balance. Um, on the character um, because some of those reagents are very expensive. Yes. And well, that's why we, as in our game, we had said, you know, diamonds, no, yeah, <laughs> anything, yeah. anything over a thousand gold. No. Well, I, I'm, I'm taking it lower than that. Like if, oh, it was like 500, I think is or, or like 50. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like if, if you're, if, I mean, think about how much money 50 gold is. Yeah. That's enough money where you're paying somebody's salary for a month. Yeah. Or you're paying, uh, you know, even a, a well-trained person won't, will barely make that much money in a month. Um, you know, you're talking like a third level expert or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so 50 gold, 20 gold. I mean, these are types of wages that your average commoner couldn't hope to see. But your average adventurer, that's chump change. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it's I think it's important that you have to have these gold sinks or you're going to have a party that has a, way too much money. And if they're given a way to spend it, it is going to completely skew the power level of the campaign. We'll find out. I guess I'm taking a skew materials. You're playing a monk. Yeah, I'm going to have it anyway. I can just magically out of nowhere reach and go, hey, look, I got some bat guano. What's up, wizard? <laughs> well, okay, even something like bat guano, which in theory has almost no value if you if it's common in your era. 
area, right? right? Yeah. Um, or it could be perceived to have no no value. Like even something like that could become extremely valuable. Say somebody figures out it's good for fertilizer, assuming it actually is. I don't know. Or they make a fertilizer out of it, you know. Then suddenly the prices of bat guano could shoot up in the area. Or you know, say, uh, well, yeah, you need bat guano for that fireball, but there are no bats in this area. You, they just aren't indigenous to this region. <laughs> it's gonna suck to try to cast fireball. Better store up on that back on it before you leave town. Yeah. And hopefully you don't have to spend too many hundreds of golds to get enough to cast it a few times. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of those kind of things that can really pull the power base. I think if you do things like execute materials too liberally or avoid memorizations of spells, you really open up the campaign to caster abuse. Yeah. It's a serious problem. <laughs> we have there, a number for you to call. Yes. You, you should seek treatment immediately. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah. what i was trying to get to is i uh is that i think we've we've covered a lot on this topic and mm-hmm. i'm actually this is already giving me ideas to talk about you know mid-level magic to high level magic i'm good to keep talking but if we continue talking out of brian this is going to turn into another like three hour episode this is going to turn into an eight hour episode well i think if you listen all back to back that'd be pretty funny um you know, I, I definitely am looking forward to talking more about it, but we've kind of already touched on some of the mid-level, and I don't know if there's really much to say about mid-level magic systems and mid-level, cam- you know, mid-level, the, yeah, mid-level magic and campaigns. It's that's the standard, right? And so right. everyone's has a good frame of reference, and the books are, you know, all specked out for it. It's like you follow the rule book, <laughs> you're you're good to go. You're good to go. You're good to go on a uh, on a mid level fun train. Yeah. However, then I I will say there's a lot to say about high level magic though. I think there is a ton to say because it's it's the polar opposite of low. Yeah, and it can it, much like low magic, it can be done both ways. You could have just extremely powerful magic be found, even if it's re- relatively rare. Right. Something that you know, myth, you know, epic rituals that dwarf wish. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. And uh, or you might have uh, just, you know, well, there's uh, there's 2000, you know, six level casters in this town. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm talking six level spell casters. <laughs> no, I, I, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, oh, no. And I, I think that, that I think we're going to have uh, some really good material to talk about when we get, you know, on our next our next uh, episode of. Yeah. The next uh, RPG. RPG talk. Yeah. yeah. Is going to be the high level. Yeah, because, so, uh, you know, we're we're not going to do this as a back to back series. Uh, we're going to take the time to I, I don't think I don't think our listeners would put up for that. And I don't think we would either. Um, no, we plan to do these, <laughs> you know, in between other stuff. Yeah, um, no, we're, we're trying to rotate the format. We mentioned that last time. Um, and we'll keep mentioning it because that's how we are as people is we like to remind you what you're going to be getting yourself into before it happens. This way you can't blame us. You can only blame yourself. Yes. So uh, when you see a title that says screaming RPG and you don't like RPGs, at least we warrant you. <laughs> <laughs> um, title. Um. Title. Uh, <laughs> if you don't like RPGs. <laughs> anyway. So I think, I think this is where we're going to wrap it up and we're going to come to a close. Oh, it's it's time, Brian. But I don't want to go. I'm turning on the lights and I'm playing closing time. Oh, God. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously. Uh, would you like to add any last minute things? Call out, shout outs, you know, our usual way of closing our show? 
Um, I didn't realize we had a usual yet. We don't. I was just wanting to throw it out there. Okay, fair enough. You know, um, I'm excited. I think we're going to be trying to get um, a guest for later this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure who. I know, you, I know we have a few options of people that we've talked to that were interested. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, again, uh, check out Eloy's Kickstarter. Yes, please, please, please do. Third yeah. Eye Games, awesome stuff. Part-time Gauze is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Check uh, that. Ooh, quick question. Part-time gods, low or high magic? Ooh, you can play it any way. That's what I love about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you could uh, you could definitely do a low magic thing, I think. Yes, you can. Um, or if you throw yourselves in the midst of a, a, a godly war, that would probably definitely be, uh, be high magic, right? So Yeah, well, but again, it's all relative, like we had said. So. Well, okay. <laughs> Power level is relative. No, I know, I know. Yeah, magic level, it's either common or it's not, right? So... I got you. Yeah. No, yeah, I think you can play it anyway, which is good. Which yeah. is why I like part-time gods. Because mm-hmm. the good thing about Aloy's games is that no matter what, you he gives you the ability to say, if this is your style of GMing, run it like this. If that's your style of GMing, run it like that. But here's the middle ground. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know if I really have anything. I mean, we've been talking now for a little over an hour. Yeah. Okay. Well. I guess take well, it away, man. I, I guess I guess it's you hand it off to me now. Um, well, I, I have nothing else to really talk about, um, minus the fact that uh, I'm looking forward to. Um, we're going to be doing another game review coming up soon as well. Um, mm-hmm. We have three that we're kind of going back and forth on. Yeah, um, I, I know show. which one I'm. I'm really excited to play to see if I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> oh, I know, I know which one, and that that will be soon. Yes. Oh, so, there's like five of them. I don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? We have like eight. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to. We have two or three that we're kind of going back and forth on. So I'm really excited. Uh, Gravwell turned out really well. Even the creator of Gravwell actually reached out to us and said, "Hey, I loved how you guys did it." And so he says this, he blushed. So I'm sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I'm I think we're going to keep that format, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And, yeah. Uh, we'll, we're, we'll we're fine in a little bit. Yes, uh, I think we'll have a theme to our ratings. What I mean is, we'll say like today's <laughs> review. Today's review rating is candy bars, and we're just gonna go. I give it five Kit Kats. Anyway, <laughs> no, 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 we're not giving any Kit Kats. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Reese Cup. Um. Well, guys, <laughs> after all that shenaniganry, uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Epic Turn. You know, you can find all the show notes and those beautiful show us. notes. <laughs> they are awesome. At uh, epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash 11. Also, you can find your hosts at at Kelton for Brian, at Telshin for me. Uh, we also love if you guys would subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It's one of the best ways for us to get feedback. And please send us some feedback. We love hearing about it, either on Twitter, Facebook, you name it. We love hearing feedback. Yeah. And, and, and please, guys, if you have friends that you think might be interested in us, tell them about the show, download it, and force them to listen to it. Yes, hold them down with headphones. Yes. Duct yes. tape them. Duct tape them to their head and make them listen. Yeah. By yeah. the way, as a disclaimer, we do not encourage people to actually do that. Mm. And until next time, guys, have some epic turns. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Welcome to the next epic turn. That's too much. Welcome to the next epic turn. Too little. Eh, that's all I got today. It's fair enough. So I'm your host, Tim Aldridge. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. 
Stop it. Oh, shit. Okay, pretend we're live because it's already being requested by our one loyal listener. <laughs> you mean Dave? Yeah, he listens every week. I know he does. Yeah. We appreciate you, Dave. Calling out Dave Heartless. He's the man. 